Hi, it's uh, iBookBinding's podcast. Today we have a guest uh, from uh, Mexico, Lucia Farias. Uh, hi. First of all, thanks for inviting me. This is such an honor to be in this, um, in this recording today. I'm Lucia Farias. I've been a bookbinder for, I guess, like 14 years. How, how was it uh, during the lockdowns and this uh, coronavirus year for you? Uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good I'm a little weird, but uh, yeah, I'm loving it. I've been working on all of the things that I've ever said, that I've always said that whenever I have time, I'm going to finish this book. Whenever I have time, I'm going to finish this basket. Whenever I have time, I'm going to start uh, an herb garden. And uh, yeah, so all those things have been going on here. I've been finishing some projects. I've signed up for online workshops. I am actually taking a really cool workshop on fish leather tanning. I don't know if you heard about that. I've um, seen a photo in your Instagram and it's, it's a bit frightening. It, I, I know, but it's so cool. So that those two skins are the first ones I've, I've ever tanned. Uh, one of them, I was soften, softening it yesterday. Um, so you just add a little bit more water and uh, they're, I don't know where I left them. They're not here in the studio, uh, but um, yeah, so if you don't if you don't soften the leather that much, it stays like the ones you saw in the picture. But I'll I'll post another picture of the one with without softening and the one that softened. Uh, it does look a little bit different, and it's really cool because you don't use any chemicals. It's just pure. Um, we use black tea for for that and. Uh -huh. Well, I have a set, those are white bass, um, the two of them. Uh, I actually have a salmon waiting on me to, to do the next part. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's really cool. And I can't wait to see how I'm gonna use it in my books. Oh, so you, uh, so you haven't tried it yet? No, I haven't. I just did it like two, uh, the, the last class. So it's a two session class. And the second session was in on the 13th. Uh, so I'm still working on the ones I started in class, but then I started a couple extras later. So they're still in the tea uh, solution. And uh, hopefully over the weekend, I can do the, the next part of the process and then uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's really cool. I think Brenda Gallagher showed us some very posh Icelandic uh, uh, fish leathers, uh, and she, uh, she used them in her projects. Did she did she buy it or did she tan it herself? She, she bought them. No, no, yeah. she bought them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she cheated. <laughs> I, I have to talk to her. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, uh, a nice con uh, contrast to how traditional uh, uh, leather is made because that is also organic, but it smells awful. I've been to a traditional tannery and it smelled of ammonia. Well, here you don't even use that. You just need to scrape all of the flesh off of the skin and the scales. But it doesn't smell any worse than when you go to the fish place or when you're in the grocery store in the seafood section I mean uh, so it's not a smell that you're like you know 
getting sick of. It's, I mean, it smells bad for a little bit, but the minute you put it in the tea solution, it does, you don't have that smell anymore. And uh, was, was this uh, departure for you or, or have you made some of your materials by yourself before? I've decorated paper, but everything else I usually buy. I mean, I, I, I've done uh, different paste papers, decoration and uh, what else? Uh, marbling, paper marbling. Uh, but I think that I prefer to buy a marbled paper from a paper marbler than have 20 years of uh, practice so that I can get at least half of a good quality of what those people already do for a living. So why bother? I mean, I, I did wanted to learn just for the sake of knowing the process and how it was made and, you know, but when I'm using those for a project, I don't mind buying them if, if I'm getting a better quality. Yeah, there are definitely some, some crafts uh, that uh, demand a lot of uh, learning before you start producing uh, a sort of decent <laughs> objects. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, and marbling is one of them. Those paper mar marblers even have a catalog and they get the same pattern every single time. I had the same color of, of paints for this for that project and none of my sheets turned out the same not even close so I mean it was fun learning and you know I have my sheets and it's cool knowing that that I've made them but I don't use them for like important projects like no no way I really, I really like how learning seems to be a theme with you yes it seems I to be love your, your thing. I love taking workshops. I love teaching workshops. And I think it's mainly because I, I'm by myself in the studio most of the time. I used to have a, a guy that was helping me, but he, he was only here for like a year. He's off to starting his own business. Uh, well, he already had a business, but now he's like full-time dedicating to his own. Um, but I, I, the, I think the part of me that loves taking workshop is that I'm by myself most of the time then getting together with, with people to make something that I really enjoy. Like when I take workshops, like bookbinding workshops or um, any kind of workshops. I signed up for a basket making workshop a while ago. Uh, so it's just my, I think I also have this curiosity of how things are made and especially handmade stuff. So that's why I love taking workshops. And I, I mean, of course, always bookbinding classes are at the top, yeah. but I, I, if I have time, I take some other classes. So that's why I'm loving this pandemic because I learned several things, um, especially the tanning class. I mean, I think it's gonna be fun to just make some books with the, with the fish skins. So what, what um, are the other things you plan to learn this year besides fish, uh, fish skin tanning? Um, I took a cheese making class. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy cooking a lot. So, and I, I consider myself a cheesarian. So if I had to pick one, just one food for the rest of my life, I would pick cheese. <laughs> so, I don't know why, same thing as with bookbinding. I saw this post 
on someone else's uh, Instagram about learn how to make cheese at home. And I'm like, what? Can you really make cheese at home? Like, of course I had no idea. Uh, so I signed up for it and I've already taken like four classes uh, on cheese making. And it's really, 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 really cool. And again, I mean, it's going back to, to eating healthier. I mean, the processed milk that's used for the cheeses that we find at the grocery store, I don't even want to know what's in it. The problem is I still like them, but I know yeah. they're not, I mean, there's no like good in them. You know, they taste good, but there's no, nothing healthy about eating them. So going back to making, I mean, it takes a little bit of time, but again, I'm blessed I'm living this pandemic the way I am and, 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 and learning how to, how to, you know, to do more things like, like the, even though the classes that I took, mm -hmm. uh, I also took the, the cheese making class and, uh, and I also took some other cooking classes. <laughs> And, wow. and another another thing uh, I think you've mentioned, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that you're interested in uh, uh, Islamic bookbinding, right? I it was one of the models that we made in Rodrigo's class. Uh, do, uh, do you have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll show you all the models that I've made like the historical bindings that I made with him. Because just, just recently we had a talk with uh, Katie Abbott, uh, who is, uh, among other things, he is, is a book conservator who works with Islamic binding. So uh, it's... Oh, well, I'll, I'll show you mine. Uh, so this is the one we made in his, in his class. Mm -hmm. uh, there is another headband. Those are pretty. Paper. This paper. Your, your, your headbands are amazing, I have to say. <laughs> Check out oh. this uh, marble oh. paper. This, this is from a guy in Brazil. I don't know if you know him. Renato Crepaldi. I'll send, you, I'll send you the information. Check it out. Oh, it's amazing. He makes the coolest papers like as of today, like I, I've seen a lot of marbled papers, but I've never seen anything like his papers. They're amazing. They're so, uh, this, uh, this was so luxurious. It's vibrant and, and, and reminiscent, quality reminiscent of uh, the carnival, you know, yeah. it's cool life. <laughs> no, I, I love his papers. Like you, I'll, I'll send you the, the, his contact info. I don't know him, but just by social media and his papers are just to die for. So this is another of the historical bindings I've made. Uh, this is a Greek binding. That's mm -hmm. another headband for you. <laughs> and uh, these clasps. Yeah. These are wooden boards. Um, and uh, it's blind tooled. I'm sorry, the lighting in my studio is really bad because the back wall is green. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you get this hint of green in the lighting. Um, so yeah, this is one. Yeah. And this is a fifteenth, a late fifteenth century binding with a another headband. And it's a leather headband. Yeah. It's 
Yeah, it's blue leather and it's blind tooled. I don't know if you can see a little bit of the tooling there. Yeah, we can see the tooling, but but the end vent is also made with leather. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a leather vent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a white strip of leather. Yeah, uh, and and end vents is something that I always check when I uh, when I'm at the, at the museum when, where they have for old bindings and maybe new bindings as well. Uh, I I always go to check the end vents first and then everything else. I, I love headbands too. I'm not really good at them, but I, I really like them. These are my first clasps. I actually made those clasps. They're not like my friend Gabriela's, but I made them. I'm happy with them. So those are the three. Oh, and this is the springback binding, the, the other uh, historical binding that I've made with Rodrigo. So it was this guy, the Greek binding, the... Um, this blue one, the Islamic binding, and this um, with the marbled paper and the headband. I actually have two. There's like, I worked on the two at the same time. So they're kind of like twins. So <laughs> That's nice. They're my twins. And then yeah, they have the, the same end paper. And uh, could you talk a bit more about the Islamic binding? How is it different to uh, to, to European one? Well, the first of all, they oh, the, even though there's no text in here, they you know how they, this is not the right side; yeah. it's like the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I uh, I've seen a couple of them, and uh, I've seen this filigree. Two on the on the inside flap, mm -hmm. um, but I don't I don't know a lot about them. I know there's different models. I think there's, a, there's one that's like a box, and it's actually uh, I think the the actual format is more uh, square. Mm -hmm. uh, I have no idea how that headband um, is. I don't know if it's the same as that one, um, but I, I I I'm not familiar with any other. Uh, Islamic bindings, but this one and the other one that's kind of like in a box. Maybe, maybe during the next workshop, you will. Yeah. Maybe I'll make the other version at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, a vellum a covered book. Yeah, that's one of my favorite headbands. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. It's gold. Uh, the gold top, gold edge on the top. And is it is it a is it a three triple core triple core uh, end bent or double core? It's it, a, it's, it's a double core. Yeah. Okay. Because it's, 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 it's pretty double fine. core, but if you see the the very bottom, that's yeah. just not. It's not another cord. Oh. It's okay. Just, okay. Yeah. That's, that's why I thought it's a, it's it may be a triple core. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, it looks like it, but it's not. Oh, and I have no idea where this paper came from. We we got it at the um, at the workshop where I made this book in San Francisco. Uh, that's beautiful. And I have to contact the teacher to tell me where this paper is coming from because it's really cool. It looks like something that would definitely fit some uh, sci-fi novel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what else can I show you? I can show you what I've been working. Oh, this is really cool. I love this. This is one of the modern structures that I learned in Mexico City. Um, it's a 
It's called an articulated binding. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about yeah. this. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. This just yeah, has it's a leather. It's a leather covered headband. And I have this baby one with uh, the marble. Oh, that's nice. And this oh, is where I use my punch. I love using my punch for decorating this. <laughs> Look, the spine, and this is the front. And that's the paper. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love these babies. And that's another one, articulated binding. Uh, how, how do they work? Um, there's two different ones. This one is just, if you see, um, it's just one piece of leather. But there, the, the sections here uh, are different, uh, you know, they sep they're separated a little bit. So how mm -hmm. I make it, uh, I glue the, the, the pieces on a Tyvek, uh, on a Tyvek piece mm -hmm. so that I know exactly how, uh, how much of a gap to leave between, between them. And then mm -hmm. I cover, the, the covers are covered individually. So this mm -hmm. yellow one is covered, it's, it's almost like a three-piece binding, like a I don't know if you're familiar with Bradell binding or yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a three-piece binding. You can see the spine here mm -hmm. going a little bit into the front and back covers, and then this is just an onlay, the green mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It it looks like if it was a, a another piece, but it's not. And then and those three are made like that. So the 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 cover pieces are glued to a Tyvek piece and then I just cover the whole thing with leather. But these ones have one, every piece is covered separately. And this piece has a little flap where this one overlaps into here. And then this one has a flap over here for the third one to overlap a bit over here. So this cover, you, you, you kind of assemble it as you go. It's, they're, not they're not glued onto anything. They're, Every piece is different and separate. And, uh, and it, it sounds like a long process. I assume you yeah, you glue them and you leave them uh, on the press and then you... Uh -huh. uh... Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, this is like a puzzle. I mean, putting this together was a nightmare. So I had to start <laughs> with this and then that and then that and then the, the last parts, the gray ones. But it was fun. Oh, the, the, this is this is fascinating, and uh, 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 to me as a, a mathematician, it's uh, even more fun. It looks. Well, very, I know very nothing about math. I hate math, and I had to break my head for this to to make this work. It was a nightmare, but this was not that bad. But the other one was, yeah, yeah. And the uh, the the fact is very engaging. Even from here, I want to touch it. I want to play with it. And I think I think this comes from uh, from Italy, from the phone books they had hanging on the telephone booths. Mm -hmm. um, that's how they were, so that you can actually flip the whole thing, and 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 so so to 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 make it easier for you to find what page you were looking for. So if this was a a hardcover, it would be hard because you're on the phone, you know, back in the day you're dialing and you're looking at the phone book and you had to hold the, the head, the, the, the 
speaker. And being Italian, you also need both of your hands while talking. I know. So <laughs> I think that's where the story comes from, from this. Like, uh, so I know people that teach this binding and leave a larger gap so that you can actually roll, roll it onto itself. But to me, I don't, it bothers me to have a, a, a larger gap between the pieces. So if this is just like a, a visual thing, it's not actually doing anything for the structure. It's just plainly decorative. I rather just have a, you know, this much, like I don't need the, the cover to roll onto itself. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't need to leave that much of a gap for the, for the cover to, to do that. Mm -hmm. I'll show you what I've been working on at the American Academy of Bookbinding. Peter's class with the, uh, the gold, uh, gold edges. Mm -hmm. So that's one, that's another headband. And then that's, that's both of them, like gold and painting and speckles. And this is just the speckles. Mm -hmm. And I haven't worked on the covers yet. I did the, I did a, a class already, but I haven't done a lot on, on actually working on the covers for the content of the book. This is just another one from Don's class. And uh, that's the headband. Oh. And that's the silk, that's the um, graphite edge. Yeah, yeah. And that's the end paper. I don't know if you can see there's like a, it's gray, but it has a little bit of a texture. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the lines on the graphite edges are also uh, a continuation of the lines on the, on the covers or, or stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it, no, it, it's, it, it's the same pattern, but it doesn't yeah. continue the yeah, actual. Yeah, line. yeah, okay, yeah, I see now. And then this is just the plain green one with a top edge with speckles, but this is only paint. It's not gold speckles. Uh -huh. and then I started making the headbands different from the top than the bottom. So that's the one at the top and that's the headband on the, on the bottom um, and the paper. This is really cool paper. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, so I've been, um, those are the class. Oh, I took Julia Miller's class, the roll scroll tablet and codex or something like that was called. Uh -huh. and it was, uh, it was a really cool class because it was more of the historical aspect of it and the history in the morning and in the in the afternoon we were making some of the structures that we had seen in the in the presentation that morning so it was a good combo so you've made an actual scroll mm -hmm. so do you want to yeah. see it <laughs> Sure. Uh, yeah, we discussed this uh, uh, during our first podcast with uh, Peter Garrity, uh, this class uh, that uh, is sort of a history class, but then you you get a chance to, to make uh, some historical objects on your own. That's, that's what that class was, but I this is one of the videos that I sent you. This is just a small one that I have. Yeah. The, pop -up, the Hugo Peller box, have you seen this before? I did Pavel did, but you didn't see anything like that I, before. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it. And you I'm... haven't seen this? Oh my god, this is so popular. It's and really this cool. Is so, so much fun. It I looks know. Like, so... it, looks like, uh, it, it looks like something that you'd use to propose to someone. 
So it's like just two trays that are in a certain way attached to this uh, spine with the leather, uh, with the leather going over to the to the top tray, like here. Yeah. And, and it has a ribbon that makes this go pop. Can you see the ribbon down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's and and uh, uh, in another video you sent us, I saw several ribbons. So I assume the bigger the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just a really small book. So the 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 yellow one has three ribbons because it's a and that book is actually really really thick and fat. So I I had to put three of them, and then that's another headband. And I love using again that punch for decorating my spines. Of course, these were all made at the same time, so I, I was kind of inspired with my, with that tool. So I started using it a lot. So the, the I'll show you the what we made in Julia Miller's class. So the first ones we made, it was just a very simple scroll. It's uh, it's vellum. There's there's nothing in it. It's just a papyrus, like that's just, this is kind of like the cover. So you have a little bit of the parchment and then the, um, That's papyrus, right? Yeah, and then the, the rest of the, uh, of the roll is papyrus. So when you, when it's ro rolled, this is, you know, it goes all the way around and it's kind of like, Protective color, yeah. So the virus is not exposed. And then we made this other one, this little cover with the two. That's just a single scroll and yeah. this one has two. So yeah. this, you would go like that. Yeah, yeah. And start reading from that. And uh, uh, how is it attached uh, to the axis? They're just glued. I mean, it goes all the way around, but the, the papyrus is kind of wrapped around the, uh -huh. the dial. And she brought those, uh, I don't know, studs for like furniture or something, but it just looks <laughs> really cool. Yeah. So we went on the history like that. And then um, we went from the scrolls and then this is supposed to be a wax tablet and you open it like this and that's supposed to be carved out where the wax was. Mm -hmm. And then another scroll. This was a larger scroll. And then the, the wooden um, tablets. This uh, 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 codex structure is supposed to come from from something. Yes, we like this. we ended up. So we made then the that one. Mm -hmm. These are supposed to be like the hard covers with uh, just layers and layers and layers of papyrus. Of course, we did not. We I mean we kind of we made this with a, with a with a mold, it's not, it's not cut out. Mm -hmm. So it's just pieces and pieces and pieces. And, the, uh, and these are based on uh, Coptic bindings? What, uh, what kind of structure is that? This is the, 
um, can you see how these are laced on like with a yeah. like on this? So it's not a particularly a Coptic binding. Um, I can't remember how this uh, stitching is called. Um, but it, but it does look very ancient, like sixth uh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. century. Yeah. Yeah. It, these are early books. These are all early books. And then we made the Nagamati. <laughs> yeah. Like that. With the with the ties up here. And and you, and, you, and uh, you know the tragedy. Uh, the original bindings were detached. From uh -huh. the Nakhamadi books. I, know. I mean, the oldest bindings in existence were dismantled the same it's year. So I know. And then in my spare time in Telluride, since I love being in the studio, I made a baby Nagamadi. With all my leftover leather and all my leftover papyrus, I ended up just making a tiny, tiny, tiny Nagamadi. That's great. Yeah. So these are all the books. From from that one class, it was it was actually called early book structures. Mm -hmm. So no, a roll tablet tablet roll scroll tablet something like that like the scroll tablet and codex and early early structures. This sounds fun. Really, yeah. really nice course to attend. It's a really good class, and she's amazing. Julia Miller is just the best. All of the teachers are the best. I say that of all of the people that I learn from, because I love when people are sharing their knowledge and what they love with other people. So I find that very interesting. What about boxes? Uh, uh, is uh, this a one-off interest for you, those telescopic ones, or do you make your, uh, your own boxes? Uh, I used to work at a studio in Austin when I recently graduated from from the master's program and we made a bunch of crumbshell boxes. So for a year, even though I thought it was a bookbinding studio, I ended up making more boxes than I can ever imagine. So yeah, I've done several boxes. I think I, one of the, I'll show you what one of my projects. This, this is a project from an ongoing client. Like uh, it's a company, I'm gonna, not show you the name of the company, but then it's first, like, I, I, I write the name of their client, same on the spine, but then when you open, it's just a clamshell box, but when you open it, you have a space here to, to put a USB memory in there. Mm -hmm. the, the book goes here and then there's room for the, for the USB like flash drive thing. Yeah. Um, so those are the kind of projects that even though they're now it's just the same uh, structure over and over. When they first contacted me, we, we were both involved in, the, in deciding that this would be a better format for what they were, for, to suit their needs. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I've made several boxes. I showed you that, the, the pop-up one and the... Uh, yeah, the, the second one, you, you send us the video of, uh... Uh, the Encyclopedia of Ephemera. This this is sort of uh, how we got to you because uh, Brenda Gallagher told us about uh, her. Well, uh, Encyclopedia of Inspiration. 
her ephemera uh, encyclopedia uh, binding and uh, then we ask her what other book binders we should reach out to yeah. and uh, one of the names she gave uh, she gave us was yours and uh, so here is the connection between these two episodes between these two podcasts. We met a while ago uh, at, at, uh, at AAB and then she had me teach for she's uh, volunteering and teaching at uh, What's the place called where she teaches in, in Boulder? It's the Book Arts League. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, an, an old barn where they have some um, uh, letterpress, letterpresses. And it's more like a letterpress studio, but she does the book binding, uh, mm-hmm. the book binding uh, classes there. So she had me teach actually the, we did the articulated binding in, in um, at, for the Bookerts League group mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and again I was we were planning on going this year, but um, well p- last year, but well yeah, yeah, everything changed. We were not even able to plan it because you know this happened. Yeah. But it, uh, also, also sort of connected to teaching and studying bookbinding. Uh, I just recently had uh, we just recently had uh, somebody question uh, post a question on our Discord ch- channel and uh, if anyone wants to join uh, there should be a link below uh, below this video uh, about uh, uh, books about bookbinding and and tutorials uh, bookbinding tutorials in Spanish language. Uh, do you have any any favorite books in Spanish language that are dedicated to bookbinding or? What 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 is the world of uh, bookbinding tutorials in Spanish? How does it work? I I know there's uh, I think it's a gal from Argentina and someone from Spain that are doing um, online workshops. Mm-hmm. And as far as books on bookmaking, I there must be a history, and I know uh, there's a couple of books from a while back. Uh, there's a bookbinder in um, in Barcelona. Yeah, Cambras. Cambras. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a book he published, and it's really good. I had the fortune of meeting him and visiting his studio uh, in 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 Barcelona, and he's just awesome. He's the best. He's very humble. His work is just to die for. Um, I admire him a lot. He's like dedicated all his life to bookbinding. He showed me his masterpiece one time. Uh, he had made this book for for someone, and when that when that when that man passed away, the wife came to 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 Joseph to return the book. She said, "This book is so precious that nobody would." Uh, would value it as much as the one person that made it. So she gave the book back to him. Mm-hmm. And I had the fortune to see it. And it's amazing. He told me how many hours were put in that. I don't think he even went home to sleep or eat. He was just working on the book like crazy. Um, and he has an awesome collection of tools for for like for the hand tools and yeah. um, wheels um, yeah he he was very nice to letting letting me in the studio even though he has a really busy schedule and he's always 
busy in the studio, but he he signed my book. Of course, I bought it when I was in Barcelona, and I'm so happy that I have a signed book from him. It it would have been so great to talk to him. Uh, you should. Uh, yeah. He I takes think... forever to email you back. But, yeah. But eventually okay. he does. We'll try to reach out to me. It was his his books were one of the first uh, books on book binding I I had, at uh -huh. least uh, you know what, proper books because I had some brochures or something like that. So I I uh, studied uh, m most of my uh, basic beginner skills uh, were uh, uh, I I got from his books. So yeah, he he is one of my favorite authors. <laughs> And I, I always recommend his book to everyone. <laughs> I don't know in how many languages that book has been translated now, but I think it's at least like seven languages. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's out of print in, in uh, most of the countries. So, yeah. Yeah, but he's awesome. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll try to reach out to him. We should we'll have a teacher him. workshop. That's what we should do. Sorry? We should have him teach a workshop. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he'll ever take the time, but that would be, he, he taught for so long. Yeah. Uh, I think the program is not running anymore. I think it was a craft school. I don't know if it's still running, um, but who knows with this pandemic thing, if it's still going or not. But yeah, he was teaching at the, uh, at a, a craft uh, school in Barcelona. Yeah. You mentioned someone from Argentina, and uh, uh, at, at several years ago, when I started to look around the world uh, for uh, different bookbinders and bookish people, I was, uh, uh, it, it wouldn't be a right word to use surprised, but I was astonished on how many uh, book artists and bookbinders are there in, in South America, in yeah. Chile, in Argentina. Uh, Brazil is a bit different, but there are also uh, quite a lot of masters there. So uh, it's it's uh, as, as I told earlier, you you are opening a new world to us, a, a Spanish-speaking uh, American world of uh, bookbinding, and I really hope we will have more guests uh, from uh, both from uh, Mexico and the Central America and from South America as well, because it's it it it, it should be so interesting yeah, too. That will be, be great exposure. Yeah. Uh, perhaps you can recommend someone to us. Uh, well, I can I can recommend my teacher Rodrigo Ortega uh, for um, who else? Well, the the people from Argentina and Spain. I don't. I only know the one from Spain, uh, mm -hmm. Susana, Susana Dominguez. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. she'd be willing to do uh, one of these uh, recordings. The other woman is Sol Rebora, but I only know her from social media. She's amazing. Uh, yeah. That's... Yeah, she she has she has amazing bindings. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we uh, we I I not not spoke but I chatted with uh, Sol uh, some time ago when she was in in Paris for for an exhibition uh, um, more than a year ago I guess it was and uh, uh, we discussed exactly that fact that uh, there is this whole world of uh, uh, South American. Uh, uh, book binders and bindings uh, w that is uh, almost not known to European and I guess uh, 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 people from from the United States. 
because first there is this uh, distance which sort of uh, 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 do not allow to to uh, connect and then of course there is a bit of uh, language barrier because uh, not everybody speaks English uh, in 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 among the uh, South American bookbinders and not everybody speaks Spanish here or Portuguese uh, uh, to you know to connect so uh, yeah. it would be it would be really great to have more. Uh, connection and more exposure yeah well you just try have to maybe ask them if they can be okay with uh english and having this in english to the yeah more. yeah 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 that that's what we try to do and yeah. we'll see maybe at some moment we will we have plans for the, on, on adding a french speaking uh host uh, this year maybe a bit later we will add the spanish speaking host and it will be much easier to reach out to people yeah that would be great i know yeah. there's a there's a lot of book arts also in poland a lot of book binding yeah yeah that's true and they i think they have a very big community as well and yeah uh, yeah, there's several names that I need to go back and check to see wh wh who I can recommend. But yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's a lot going on in Poland as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, we have we had a discussion with uh, with a couple of bookbinders from Poland as well. And in in Eastern Europe, it's really strange because in many countries uh, the tradition of bookbinding was. Uh, it started to 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 get lost in the uh, Soviet times, and then after uh, after uh, the Soviet bloc was uh, uh, ended, uh, uh, these traditions in some places they were lost completely uh, because there was just no demand in in uh, good bindings. So uh, for some time uh, uh, there was almost nothing to to you know to nobody to continue the tradition. But uh, there are some people now. Uh, so maybe we will ask you to show show around uh, your workshop a bit because Pavel was, will have to leave soon and uh, maybe yeah. it will just a good uh, uh, ending to our talk. <laughs> so here is my big stamping machine. Yeah. This is for, for stamping plates. So it's almost like a Kensal, but it's some Mexican uh, adaptation for it. So mm -hmm. it used to be just a printing press, but if you see there's uh, two holes here, it, yeah. that's where the heating system is. Mm -hmm. And this is where you glue the plates. Okay. So uh, it used to be a printing press, but now it's used for that. And then I have- a Looks very brutal. <laughs> I'm sorry? Brutal, I mean, <laughs> serious piece of machinery. You know, I'm so used to it that when I see a cancel machine, I freak out. Like, I don't even know how that thing works. And handling the pressure <laughs> in a cancel machine, it's like a nightmare. So yeah. these, you just go like this on the top wheel and you can you can control the pressure. It's so, so much easier. <laughs> so then I, I have my uh, quick print here. Yeah. And my flat files and guillotine over here. And then storage room that's that's a nice location for guillotine <laughs> yeah it's like it doesn't take that much space and i don't have to have an extra table for it so i have the flat yeah. have it over the flat files 
Yeah. Then I have. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's always interesting when when people have uh, small workshops. It's always interesting to see how they use space because, uh, uh, well, you have to you have to use every 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 square every, centimeter. Every corner. I know this is this is just an extra room in the house where I live. So this is yeah. where I work. It's cool to have a studio in in your own house and yeah. work. Yeah. Work whenever you want. So that's my uh, my paper my. My cutter, my big cutter, and I have another press back there and some books. And this is my work table. And I'm sorry for all that mess, but these are all the books that I just pulled out yeah. to show you. Um, and this is actually the project that I'm using, that I'm working on right now. I'm, this is my first broadside. Uh, I'm working, I'm going to sew these big pages and the cover will have, um, it would be a leather cover, it's going to be a brown leather cover, and I'm going to have uh, leaves embossed on the cover. I don't know if you can actually see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like that texture. So uh, do, we, do you use real leaves for, for embossing? Yeah, or? They're, they're here. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He showed and, the how, and how does that work? How do you transfer one onto the other? Oh, you you uh, you press the the leaves in the in one of the presses. You put the you put a little bit of moisture on the leather, put the leaf over it, and then blotter paper, and then you put some foam on top, a spongy foam, and you you press it for, I don't know, like half an hour. So you, you move it around, you start, I had the leaves already distributed to the size of the of the book. So when I have the cover, I know where the plate with the top, yeah. with the mm -hmm. logo will, will go and then all the leaves all around. Uh, I love when I'm challenged like this because it's it takes me out of my comfort zone. I mean, yeah. the, same way, the same way when I was, you know, making those little, um, little ones just to, to challenge myself and force myself to do something different. So here, working on a book this big, of course, I'm going to need wooden covers. So I need to sand them and shape them and drill the holes and then cover the whole thing with a huge piece of leather. So I actually have three pieces of leather because it's not one piece is not enough. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why we have those. I, I showed you the, the stitches on the... Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be stitching the leather because that's how they how the client and I decided that we're gonna yeah. we're gonna instead of trying to match that's the, that's the, gonna be interesting. Yeah, I'll I'll send you pictures when I'm done. It should be done. I don't know. Look, uh, looks like uh, the surface of a baseball. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the this the, the the stitches on the baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't thought of that, but yes, it does look like that. So we'll see. I hope it turns out okay. <laughs> I hope it goes as planned. Um, there's also, you know, um, a bit of Frankenstein monster effect to it. <laughs> you know, like with the like, stitches. Yeah, no, you know, like this is going to run like in one direction on the front and just a little mm -hmm. on the back. It's not going to be all stitches all over. <laughs> no, it's not going to be patchwork. No. It's not. 
So yeah, that's that's what I'm working on over the weekend. We'll see how it goes. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Lucia, for uh, talking to us and uh, for spending uh, some time with us and answering questions, showing all these uh, uh, projects. Uh, this was uh, really interesting and, uh, well, educational. Uh, many thanks to our viewers and uh, uh, supporters and special thanks to our uh, patrons on Patreon. Uh, uh, your pledges allow us to cover the, the expenses on editing of this uh, podcast which uh, well we uh, cherish uh, your help quite a lot uh, thank you very much for for doing that if anyone of our viewers would like to join the crowd on patreon please uh, check the link down below in the description of this video uh, pledges start with only one dollar one year or one pound per month depending on your country uh, so for for, for, for some people, it's uh, uh, not so much, uh, and uh, it will help us a lot with our new ideas and new projects and bringing uh, French-speaking uh, co-hosts to the project and maybe Spanish-speaking co-hosts in the future. Um, thank you, everyone. Thanks I'll for watching. I'll volunteer for the Spanish-speaking co-host if you ever need someone to help you with that. Yeah, <laughs> we have a volunteer. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks again, and uh, see you. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See everybody next time. Bye. See you. Thanks bye again. Bye-bye.